0: Welcome back to Project Badass Podcast. My name is Madison Reeves, your host and author of Project Badass, and I'm very excited to be back here with you guys today. We did take a week off, um, just had some personal things come up with family, but also just moved into a new property. So if things sound a little bit different, apologies. I swear the content is still gold, but I am in a makeshift office right now. Um, with my podcast equipment set up on the floor. So we are making do to make sure that I can deliver you this episode this week while we finish the painting and renovations prior to us fully moving in. So um, I think I'll probably make an episode in the coming weeks about the process of us purchasing this home and our plans to use it as an investment property, what those numbers look like, Um, what we're expecting for the cash flow, and most importantly, I want to teach you guys how I bought a property and only brought a $1,000 to the table. Um, I figured that would be super beneficial to a lot of people as the the normal status quo is you have to have 20% down to put on your home, and that's just not the case. So I'll be diving into that in the coming weeks, and uh, I appreciate you guys understanding for taking a week off, and yeah still the same quality content but sound might be a little off until we get the the studio set up like it usually is so today let's get right into the content we are going to talk about leverage uh leverage 101 and the nitty-gritty of how to systemize your business but the end goal of this episode is to teach you the simple formula to use leverage in order to grow and expand your business whether that be grow and expand the sales your profit your revenue how many people you have on your team whatever that looks like so let's start with what is leverage well by definition leverage is a person or a system that does something within your business Um, and usually leverage is used because it takes something off of your plate as the business owner So um, let me just give you an example of, say, leverage could be like a social media manager or a salesperson or an assistant or somebody to do your bookkeeping. Pretty much anybody that's going to take an essential business task that's needing to be done but is better done by somebody else rather than you as the business owner. Now the reason that leverage is so important is because, well, time is money and if you know that your time is better spent in those income producing activities as the business owner, it definitely makes a lot of sense to exchange your money for more time back. You know, for, let's run with the bookkeeping example. If I hire a bookkeeper because I normally spend three hours a month doing bookkeeping and payroll, I am now paying somebody else, an expert in that field, to give me three hours back a month. Now, that's just a very small scale, but um, we're going to dive into kind of what that can look like on the larger scale as well. Um, But first, I want to talk about something that I don't think a lot of people associate with leverage. And what leverage really does for your business is it helps systemize it. And at the end of the day, all a business is is a combination of systems. So I'm going to tell you a story of when myself and my, at the time, boyfriend, but current fiance were in Mexico at the beginning of this year, and we stayed on one of those all-inclusive resorts um, where, of course, they have like the spa and the massage, and it's super nice, and I'm super into that, but he's never had a massage before, and I kind of had to convince him to get one. He was weirded out by having some stranger touch him, which I totally get if you've never had a massage before, it's it's an interesting concept, but we talked about it, and we ended up hooking a couple's massage on the beach, which was amazing, but his one rule for me is that he wanted to make sure he had a female masseuse, and I have to give him shit for this forever, because it's hilarious, but I promise I'll get to the point so we go to the concierge at the resort we book a massage for you know the next day or whatever it might be they ask for specific requests um, you know where we want to do it on the beach or in the spa we chose the beach and if we had any preference for like pressure and then the gender of our masseuse so he was very specific he wants a female masseuse i don't really care as somebody who's gotten massages for many years but that was something that was important to him concierge takes it down We get it booked, we pay for our massage. Next day rolls around and we go to the spa, they get us ready, they um, haul us over to the spot that they're going to be doing the massage on the beach. There's a woman masseuse and a male masseuse and funny enough, he got the male masseuse. Now like I said, it's a funny story, it's pretty hilarious just because that was his first experience and you know we specifically asked for a female masseuse for him and it and it just didn't happen but the reason i tell you this is because where it went wrong as i'm getting my massage i'm thinking of all of these things where did it get go wrong right because we told the masseuse what we wanted or i'm sorry we told the concierge what we wanted and then i would assume they uploaded it into some sort of crm system which then alerts the spa and the spa then tells the exact, you know, the masseuse that's actually going to be assigned to us what our requests are. So somewhere in that line of, of operations within that standard operating procedures that they probably do every single time they book a spa treatment, communication was messed up. And, you know, whether concierge to the spa or spa to masseuse or whatever it might be, there was a flaw in their system somewhere along the road that made it so our requests were not communicated in the effective way. Now it's really not that big of a deal at the end of the day for us, we didn't mind, we still had a great time, but with that being said, this is a great example of what a system can do for your business in a positive way, but also for a derogatory way, right? Um, We had a great experience, but it probably would have been a better experience. If they had been communicated our requests and had that right off the bat. So this is a great example of a five-star resort in Mexico that clearly has leverage in place, either a system or a person, in this case both, but somewhere along the line of their standard operating procedure, which we're going to get to in a little bit later of this episode, there was a flaw. So... What the goal of leverage and systemizing your business is, what I like to call the McDonald's theory. So I'm located here in the Black Hills of South Dakota. And regardless if you're listening to this episode in New York City, in Denver, Colorado, somewhere in Montana, somewhere down south, it really doesn't matter. There's a McDonald's, I'm sure, within driving distance from you. And what the McDonald's theory is, is if I go and get a Big Mac Here in the Black Hills of South Dakota. And one of my listeners goes and grabs a Big Mac in Manhattan. They're going to be the same thing. Um, McDonald's doesn't have the best food. They're probably the cheapest. But we go to them because they're consistent. I know what I'm going to get every single time. Anybody on here, anybody listening, myself included, who's a terrible cook could make a better hamburger than McDonald's, but I cannot be consistent as McDonald's. And that is the McDonald's theory. We go to them because they're a consistent experience that we can rely on every single time. You in Manhattan, in Montana, in Miami, in Colorado, wherever you might be, your Big Mac is going to be the same as mine here in South Dakota. And that's what we want to strive for, is a consistent experience. I mean, McDonald's has been in business for, you know, McDonald's has been in business for multiple, multiple decades. And they, like I said, are not the best burger. They're very affordable. You know, it's not the best food for you, but it's consistent and it's fast and it's easy every single time. As we're starting the journey down to finding what leverage is and how you can use it to systemize and grow your business, I want you to start thinking about how you can apply the McDonald's theory to your business. If McDonald's is known as somewhere you can get a consistent, fast, easy, and affordable hamburger, what are you known for? So while you think about that, I'm going to go into the two types of leverage. So the first type of leverage is people. Um, now simply put uh, people they can be hired into a role specifically within your business internally so that would be an example of like an assistant I need someone to generally uh, take care of like my emails my scheduling maybe they do receptionist work whatever it might be but you can also use leverage through people in a more specialized way so I'm going to hire a certified public accountant, I'm going to hire an attorney, I'm going to hire a social media manager, a graphic designer outside of my business that specifically does what I need them to and that's what they specialize in. So we've got these two different type of leverage here within the people. Um, and the reason that this is really important, it's my favorite quote, right? Do what you do best and outsource the rest. And basically what that means is, like I said earlier, if you as the business owner make the most movement and growth within your business by doing the income producing activities, whatever that might be, it only makes sense to outsource the things that you are not best at. So if I, you know, if my forward moving needle of building my business is not social media, is it not um, accounting and bookkeeping, if it's not paperwork and email management, I'm going to need to outsource it. Something else to keep in mind is with people having a team of of like-minded individuals who have a common goal and share common interests, you can get your business to, you can grow your business a lot faster. It's like that quote that they say, if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. So with that being said, if you're interested in learning about more, how you can use people within your business to leverage, systemize, and ultimately grow it. I really urge you to go and check out my episode a couple weeks back about my ultimate guide to hiring the right people and why it's so important to take these steps that I talk about in that episode so that you don't make a bad hire. Now the second type of leverage is, it's a system. So systems are a really great way to start out with leverage because if you are a small business owner or a new business owner, you might not have the the cash in the bank or the revenue to support a salary or hiring a specialist. Um, So a really great way to do that or to kind of segue, maybe you start with a system and then as you grow your revenue and cash in the bank, you can segue into an actual paid role that a, a person fills Um, But a great way to start with that is systems. They're usually more affordable and a lot of times you can actually automate them. Now, even in the businesses that I have that I'm hiring people, whether in these internal roles or I'm hiring out these specialized roles, I still have systems. So please know that it's not just a segue for affordability. It's, you know, most systems are gonna be in your business, you know, forever because systems are a way to avoid human error. Um, we're we're all human. We are all, all make mistakes. And, you know, even if I'm a salesperson, I'm probably still going to have quite a few systems under my belt to make sure that my pipeline process is smooth, to make sure that I, I don't forget when I'm following up with people and all of those kind of things. So um, systems are a really great way to leverage within your business. And I won't go into it too far, as I did talk about it um, quite a bit in our last episode about um, the, the systems that I actually use and the ones that I recommend you have in your business right away. So go ahead and take a look at those. We do talk about the the, the five systems I really recommend. Uh, profit and loss, making sure you're doing your bookkeeping and all of your cash flow, uh, making sure that you're tracking your expenses. We also talk about having a CRM and then a project man- and task management. So that should be a couple weeks back if you want to go and check that out more in detail. Now, the next part of systems and people, regardless of what type of leverage that you're using, that I really want to make sure that you understand is documentation. So like I talked about at the beginning of this episode with the massage story in Mexico, um, they most likely, of course, I can't see the internal operations of this five five star resort but more than likely they have a standard operating procedure and some sort of documentation that takes them from point A when we went and sat down in front of the concierge to book the massage to point B, which is actually conducting the service. So a standard operating procedure, basically what it is, it is some sort of documentation and we'll get into what that can look like to explain in detail how you accomplish a task within your business. Now, it's super normal, it's very, very normal for business owners to not have standard operating procedures, especially if you are a sole business owner and you don't have anybody on your team because it's all, you know, up in your head, right? You don't need to write it down because you you know how to do it and you know how to do it best. But that is the trap that a lot of business owners find themselves falling into Because you are so specialized in the things that you are doing in your business and you have no documentation, it's really, really hard to hire a person to fill that role or to switch it off to a system that could do it better than you. So the other part that standard operating procedures does for you as a business owner is it actually kind of leverages you out of the business. You no longer are getting the questions of how do I do this or how do I do that? A standard operating procedure should go step-by-step of exactly from point A to point B of the exact outcome that you're looking for for whatever task it might be in your business. So if you um, you are a business owner and I'm gonna step in and you hand me a stack of standard operating procedures, I should be able to perform the same task at the same level of expertise that you did. Now, a couple different ways that you can um, do them is like the main standard um, way that most people do their standard operating procedures is in a written format and um, that is totally fine you just kind of write out the steps with as much detail as you can kind of like we were talking add any other uh, potential resources that this person might need and i enjoy using written standard operating procedures there's absolutely nothing wrong with them um, especially if you have a larger team and they're a lot easier to put together versus the second option i'm going to give you uh, with that being said, I do have a freebie attached down in the show notes for a template that just you just literally have to fill in the blanks for your standard operating procedures. It's super easy. It makes it very comprehensive so you can start documenting in your business now. Now, the second option for standard operating procedures that I personally really like when I'm creating standard operating procedures for um, roles internally, so if I hire someone internally in my business, is a video standard operating procedure. Now, let me give you an example. I hired a virtual assistant a couple months back to help with my wedding planning business. And she was gonna be doing things like social media management, calendar management, email management, um, responding to clients and vendors, inquiries, you know, kind of just a general assistant role. And because she was virtual, it was a lot easier for me to just time block an hour a day For the first couple weeks before we were hiring her and she was officially starting and creating these videos, these training videos for her. And basically all that I did, because most of our our work is done on the computer, is I just screen shared and I screen recorded exactly the steps to accomplish whatever task I was putting out in front of her. Um, I really enjoyed this because some people learn a lot better by watching somebody else do it versus reading. Um, You can also do kind of like a hybrid of a standard operating procedure. I've seen that work really well for a lot of my clients where they have both video and written. Um, If you decide to do that, I recommend having one central location that either your hybrid or your video or your written standard operating procedure is stored in a space that's easy to find for any team member or yourself. So, you know, a great way to store any written ones would be like, Uh, Google Drive is my preferred, OneDrive is a great one, Um, Microsoft Office, Microsoft Teams, I think is what they call it. Pretty much any cloud-based service that you can have, anybody can access anywhere. And then for video, the best way that i found to store it is actually something called Google Classroom. Google Classroom is actually just something that Google offers in addition to Google Drive. It connects directly with your Google Drive. So if you already have your written standard operating procedures in Google Drive and you want to do a hybrid version with the video, Google Classroom is going to be a really great option for you because number one, it's actually free, completely free. Um, I think if you have to buy, if you need more storage, you do have to pay for that. I pay for extra Google Drive storage and it's, it's like $5 a month or something like that. No, no big deal at all. Um, but what you can do is you can actually go in in your Google Classroom and you can use it to make different um, segments that you want them to focus on. You can do it in order of importance when they're going through training. Attach the video, you can attach the written standard operating procedure. But the thing that I really like about Google Classroom is they give you the opportunity to create, and I say this in quotation, homework. Um, so that I use that to make sure that whatever employee is going through my training programs are going to complete that homework so that i know or their supervisor or manager knows that they are um they actually understand the objective and how to accomplish the task that the standard operating procedure has now i'm gonna totally understand what you're thinking and i hear this from my clients a lot you know they say madison i it's just me I don't have any intention of hiring you know, a team member within the next six to 12 months. I don't think I really need standard operating procedures. And I get it, I really do, because I was that way for many, many years. But just to understand that time is money, and if you can create these systems, you know, next, next time you sit down to do a task, as you're doing the task, create the standard operating procedure. It can be something that you integrate within your daily work, on your business that you're already doing, but then you are also helping your future self by creating these standard operating procedures. So inevitably, when you grow and expand your business, it's already done and you're not having to sit down and batch all of these standard operating procedures. Take it from me, from experience, I've done that before and it's not a lot of fun at all. So lastly, before we sign off today, let's talk about the thing I promised you at the beginning, which is the simple formula that you can use um with leverage and systemizing your business to help grow and expand it so basically what the simple formula is is the first thing that you want to have is clear goals in your business now if you're not sure where to start with their goal setting in your business I recommend you go over to season one episode seven and I give you the foolproof way of how I set goals within my business Then you're going to go ahead and you're going to combine that with a profit-first strategy, which I'm actually going to be talking about in a couple of weeks, two weeks, season two, episode nine. So sorry, guys, I didn't have it really sooner, but it's coming. We're going to couple clear goals plus the profit-first strategy I will teach you about in a couple of weeks, plus your leverage and standard operating procedures as we've discussed to create that life by design where you can work when you want to work, where you can work on your business instead of in your business, where you can have people on your team that have clear goals and they have a like-minded vision to one outcome for your business. And your business is a well-oiled machine. If you want to go and take a month off, you know you have the systems and the people and the standard operating procedures and systems in place to make sure that your business can run when you're not here. All right, guys, so that is the end of that. How to systemize your business, Leverage 101. We talked about the two types of leverage, what leverage is, why it's important, and the ultimate goal of the McDonald's theory. We also talk about standard operating procedures and how to create that smooth, well-oiled machine through documentation like McDonald's has through your standard operating procedure and your clear and simple formula to leveraging Your business in order to grow and expand it so that you can live your life by design, which is clear goals, plus your profit first strategy, plus leverage and standard operating procedures. And that will equal a big business and living your life by design. I hope this helps, guys. I'm going to include all of the um, resources that I mentioned in here as well as any freebies that I talked about down in the show notes. And as always, please subscribe, leave us a review and a rating um, on whatever platform you listen to. It really helps us improve the show. And follow us over on social media as well. We post a ton more um, resources and free business advice over there. I'm on TikTok and on Instagram at the Madison Reefs. Or if you want to see other podcast episodes that come out or some behind the scenes of Project Badass Network, you can head over to Instagram at Project Badass Network as well. Awesome, guys. I will talk to you next week. I'm super excited for next week's guest, actually. Uh, We're going to hear from somebody that has created a uh, multiple seven-figure business in the real estate industry, and I think he's going to bring a lot of insight to the table. So stay tuned for that, and I will talk to you then. Cheers.